You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose Peeps, we are back with the second installment of our wisdom series. If you have not had a chance to listen to the first episode, Do You Want to Be Like God? I'd encourage you to pause this one, go listen to that one, and then come back to the episode for this week. I believe last week's uh, episode lays out some great foundational truths by studying the story of Adam and Eve. Um, Before I get into today's lesson, I want to first always extend the invitation for you, if you are new to our community, to join our community, you can do that by doing two things. Visit blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join uh, to join our email list. You'll get a series of emails from me, starting with the Purpose Pathway, which is a mini guide to discovering what on earth you're here for, um, in addition to some coupon codes for our t-shirt line that we launched earlier in 2018. And you'll just get some other freebies because I like free things and hopefully you like free things. Um, I do want to, uh, I am going to about to segue into the lesson for today, but I want to be transparent. Y'all know if you have followed me uh, as an individual, or if you have followed the Black Girls of Purpose brand for a while, um, you know that I am really big on transparency. And so I want to let you know that um, as I was preparing the lesson for this week, y'all, it was so challenging for me. Um, as early as this morning, I thought about rearranging the lesson, l- rearranging the lesson so I could work on this one later this week. And if I'm honest, it was because of two things. First, because I'm going to talk about some things today that I know um, are generally accepted in our society and, you know, it's a really big thing to kind of put my neck out there and say, hey, the word of God says this is wrong. It's just easier to kind of go with the flow of what everybody else is doing, but also because I didn't really feel qualified to talk about what I'm going to be talking about um, today. And, you know, I really allowed the enemy to kind of come in with accusations and be like, oh, well, you don't have a seminary degree. You don't have this training. You don't have that training. You haven't done enough studying. And I really just had to go to prayer this morning and just say, Lord, this is the lesson that you put on my heart to teach this week. This is the order that you gave to me. And so if you really want me to teach this, then I need you to help me. And because God is faithful and his word says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, sure enough, all of the battles that I've had over the past couple of weeks or maybe even three weeks, I've been working on this lesson for several weeks, um, at least two weeks. And he just brought so much light to me. So um, I am really, we, we, I always talk about the mission of Black Girls of Purpose, which is to inspire or illuminate truth, inspire change and impact the next generation. And so this entire wisdom series is all about illuminating truth. So I may say some things where you'll be like, where is say that in the Bible? And y'all know, as always, I'm going to um, give scriptural references for everything that I'm stating. But I want you to enter into this podcast episode the same way I said last week, prayerfully, because if I'm saying something that's coming against something that you're practicing, then that's something you have to come to God with. And again, this is not Brianna Lightfoot Smith judging. This is what the word of God says. And as we talked about last week, I've decided I've made that commitment 
as a Christian, we as Christians are, are saying that we make the commitment to make God's word the foundational truth for our life, that everything that we do gets ran through that word of God. And so um, that's going to tie with what I'm talking about today. Uh, I just firmly believe that the reason why I struggle with this is because some some people will receive hope today. Some people will receive enlightening. Some people will receive um, freedom from any bondage that they've been in uh, recently. And I just want to share like the passage of scripture that God shared with me. In case you have been in a position where you feel like God has told you to do something. Maybe he's telling you to talk to a friend about a particular um, sin in their life or something. And you feel like you're not equipped he gave me second timothy 4 1 through 5 which says i solemnly charge you before god and christ jesus who is going to judge the living and the dead and because of his appearing in his kingdom proclaim the message persist in it whether convenient or not rebuke correct and encourage with great patience and teaching for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear something new they will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths But as for you, be serious about everything, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. This is my ministry. So um, without all of that out of the way, let's get into the lesson for this week. As I shared in the beginning for, uh, for the month of December, we're doing a wisdom series. Last week, we talked about why it's dangerous to seek wisdom outside of the wisdom that God brings. And today we're going to get into some specific sources we turn to for wisdom, direction, guidance and power that are ultimately tools of the enemy. Uh, these various sources offer us with alternatives to going to God directly when we need direction. And when we do this, we are participating in what the Bible calls idolatry. So um, if you you missed it. I may not even have said it, but today's episode is called counterfeit versus real. So our our entire thing, we're um, exploring like what it is that God says about these different uh, sources for wisdom that people seek and just tying it all back to um, going to him because he's the one who provides all our needs. So idolatry is simply defined as the extreme admiration, love or reverence for something or someone. It sounds relatively harmless unless you know Exodus 23, in which God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, God makes it very clear that he wants to be the sole recipient of our worship and our devotion and the ultimate source for everything we need. But what I've noticed, especially in recent times, is that we're turning to him not exclusively, but in addition to other things. Uh, This is not a new occurrence by any stretch of the imagination. Um, We see it in countless examples in the Bible. And every time it happens, the Lord raises up leaders and prophets to reveal the real versus the counterfeit so the people of God can make an informed decision on who they will serve devotedly. Um, That's what I believe my task is for today's episode to present you with these options and say, okay, so based off what you're hearing, like, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God or man? Are you going to serve, you know, who, who, who gets your allegiance today and every day? Um, because it is a, a daily choice you have to make. And as I prayed about a time when the people of God turned to worshiping false idols in place of the true king, God led me to First Kings um, 18. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to read 16 through 40. I know that's a lot of verses, but just bear with me. Um, the background context is going to be helpful for uh, the lesson for today. So it says, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, 
And then Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you, destroyer of Israel? He replied, I have not destroyed Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the balls. And that's B-A-A-L-S. Now summon all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab summoned all the Israelites and gathered all the prophets at Mount Carmel. Then Elijah approached approached all the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people didn't answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. Then you call the name on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of Yahweh, the God who answers with fire. He is God. All the people answered, that sounds good. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, since you are numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. Then call on the name of your God, but don't light the fire. So this is verse 26. So they took the bull that they gave him, prepared it and called on the name of Baal from the morning until noon saying, Baal, answer us. But there was no sound. No one answered. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them. He said, shout loudly, for he's a god. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he's wandered away. Or maybe he's on the road. Perhaps he's sleeping and will wake up. They shouted loudly and cut themselves with knives and spears, according to their custom, until until blood gushed all over them. All afternoon, they kept on raving until the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no sound. No one answered. No one paid attention. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all people, come near me. So all the people approached him. Then he repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the Lord had come, saying, Israel will be your name. And he built an altar with the stones in the name of Yahweh. Then he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold about four gallons of water. Next, he arranged the wood, cut up the bull and placed it on the wood. He said, fill four water pots with water and place them on and pour it on the wood. Then he said a second time and they did it a second time. And then he said a third time and they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He even filled the trench with water. At the time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet approached the altar and said, Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant, and that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord, answer me so that these people will know that you, Yahweh, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then Yahweh's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked it up and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face down and said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. Then Elijah ordered them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let even one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the Wadi Kishon and slaughtered them there. Now, I know that was a lot to read. Um, I'm going to give a little background 
So um, it says that the Israelites had turned to serving the God Baal. Um, If you look up Baal, B-A-A-L, like Baal means Lord. So there were a Lord, there was a Lord of a lot of different things, which ties into idol worship where, you know, there's the the Lord of the sun and the Lord of the moon or the God of the sun and the God of the moon. And um, the only reason why they're even introduced to Ball is because the king, King Ahab, marries Jezebel. Now, Jezebel, y'all have all heard like people use the term, oh, she's a Jezebel. She got the Jezebel spirit. She was a very manipulative woman and she came from the land of Canaan. She was a Phoenician. And um, the reason why that's significant is that there are multiple times throughout the Bible where God is talking about how he's going to give the Israelites the land of Canaan, but he warns them continuously and says like, when I send you into that land, be sure not to worship their gods or their idols or bound down to their gods or their idols. And even with that, he tells them not to marry um, any of the women of the culture or to have the women marry any of the men of the culture because he knows that if they marry those cultures that they will be led astray and it makes me think of what the word says about light not being able to have any fellowship with darkness now I'm sharing all of that background context because I think that that's where so many of us have fallen today um We've been brought into this land, right? Because the word of God says that, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we're living in this nation. And so many people in this nation are getting turned away from God. Like, it's crazy to me because this world was created, you know, with the Christian faith. Like, that was the background. And God, we trust is on our money. And we used to pray in schools and all these different things. And now over time, we have exchanged what as God's word says we have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and we have worshiped the creator I mean we have started to worship the creation instead of the creator which is just a crazy thing and instead of being the influencers um we end up being influenced by other things. So it was just like Eve, right? She was supposed to have dominion over all of the land and all of the animals. And then a serpent who was beneath her in terms of, if we were thinking of this as like a kind of totem pole thing, the serpent who's beneath her is able to influence her and get her to turn away from God and, and seek wisdom outside of the King. So, I want you to keep all of that in mind, right? We have been placed on this earth. We're supposed to be doing the influencing, but we're being influenced by false idols, false religions, um, false practices, things that God has outlined in his word as wrong. But because we're not in our word daily, we're like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's a little bit of room for everything. Um, I knew, I know that God knew how, influential this world can be and he speaks about being set apart in Deuteronomy 18 which I talked about last week it says no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire practice divination tell fortunes interpret omens practice sorcery cast spells consult a medium or a spiritist or inquire of the dead everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts and in this in these verses, we see the prohibition of several things, which I'd argue are just some of the counterfeit sources people uh, have turned to today for the wisdom that they seek. 
Um, specific items that we see mentioned are fortune telling, casting spells, which would be witchcraft, or today it's called Wicca. I found that out through um, uh, one of my pastors a few weeks ago, or I guess it would be October, so a couple months ago at this point. Divination, interpreting omens, which ties into superstitions like if you step on a crack, you ba- you'll break your mother's back or you'll have b- bad luck if you cross paths with a black cat, that type of thing. And while my, many of us have not had a lot of experience necessarily around fortune telling or casting spells, the quote unquote art of divination is constantly growing. Um, divination is defined as the practice of finding answers to questions through observing natural indicators or signs or through using, or through using a variety of techniques to contact natural or Prenatural spirits. Some of the techniques include astrology, tarot cards, and palm reading, with astrology being arguably arguably the most appealing. Uh, I was doing my research in preparation for this lesson, and uh, this article I read from the Paranormal Encyclopedia, which I didn't know exists, uh, said, Whatever the case, religion or science, the simplicity of using the positions of the sun, moon, and planets to understand our characters and chart our destinies is a magnet for people world ra- worldwide. Nearly one-third of Americans believe in the validity of astrology, and nearly half of all Americans read their daily horoscope, at least occasionally. Of course, the extent of this belief varies. Some people treat it as light entertainment, while others base medical, professional, financial, and personal decisions upon astrological precepts. So take in that last part again. Some people base medical, professional, financial, and personal decisions upon astrological precepts. Does that not seem like extreme reverence, which is what we talked about with idolatry? Does that not seem like devotion? We're taking what God created and we're seeking it for direction and God does not approve of this. In fact, he says in Isaiah 44, 24 through 25, I am the Lord, your savior, savior. I am the one who created you. I am the Lord, the creator of all things. I alone stretched out the heavens when I made the earth. No one helped me. I make fools of fortune tellers and frustrate the predictions of astrologers. The words of the wise are a few and show that their wisdom is foolishness. It's crystal clear that God wants exclusive devotion. And I just, I love that. And I guess that's why he gave this to me as the wisdom series. He said that the words of the wise are a few and I show that their wisdom is foolishness. And the reason why I think that that is worth um, like pausing on is that, and our, our, our pastor talked about this a couple months ago at church. He was like, a lot of people will say, okay, well, I know that these things work because I'm getting like answers and you very well may be, but God is like, okay, but you're not getting the answers from me. And if they're not coming from me, then they're coming from the enemy because there's only light and darkness in the world. So if you're not getting um, your answers from the forces of light, then you're getting your answers from the forces of darkness. Now, some people were like, oh my gosh, how is this dark? How is this demonic? It's demonic in the fact that God says that it's wrong, And again, if he's on the side of light, then he's going to speak against darkness. And so whatever he speaks against is dark. So it's really, it's just, it's just so it's again, if you're studying the word of God, if you've chosen the word of God as the foundational truth for your life, then it's really not hard to see like, oh yeah, okay, this is right. And this is wrong. Like this is truth. This is lie. This is 
you know, the counterfeit, this is a real thing, but you have to be girded up in the word of God to even know, oh, God says, that's not something I should be doing because I talked about this last week. Let's talk about the fortune telling. For example, if you have not seen in the Bible that, that, that God speaks against fortune telling, then you could go to a fortune teller and they could tell you something that seems pretty appealing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've been praying for answers from God. And now I'm getting them through this fortune teller, like praise the Lord. And you could think you can do both things. And I know for me, horoscopes were, um, when I was younger, I never read read them devotedly, but when I would read them, I would be like, oh, yes, this is me. Like, what? Team Taurus, you know, and we do that. And um, some people who maybe have talked to me about astrological signs and like recently have been like, or, or if, you know, I'll tell them what my baby's doing. They're like, oh, they're a Pisces or this. And I'm like, nope, I don't believe in that. And they think I'm being extra, but what I have seen is that that is a gateway to other things. Like, okay, if I'm looking to anything outside of God for my identity, then I can constantly go to those things. And what I want to point out too, I love, I don't know if love is the right example or the right word, but I thought it was so poignant that in the paranormal encyclopedia, it said the simplicity of using the positions of the sun, moon, and planets to understand our characters and chart our destinies is a magnet for people worldwide. It talks about the simplicity. So it says like, this is a, an, this is an appeal because it's easy that the wisdom is within our reach. And I'll be honest, excuse me for a second. (coughs) I'll be honest and say, when you follow Christ, it's not always simple. It's not always easy. You can pray and pray and pray for something and feel like you're not getting the direction that you need. And so I understand why, and I'll get into this in a second, why, you know, if you're impatient, you feel like you've been waiting on answers. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go to this other thing because when I went to it last time, it gave me the clarity I needed. But that's where our faith and our trust has to come in. That, again, going back to the scripture that I shared from Jeremiah, um, that says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, like we have to have such a devotion to God that says, you know what, Lord, even if it takes all day, even if it takes all week, all month, if it takes a whole year for you to answer me, I know your word says that if I seek you, I will find you. And so I'm choosing to look to you and nothing else for the direction that I need. And that means that I will wait. And I, I think about the a scripture that says it is a blessing to wait, expect, like hopefully for, on the Lord. And I think of Isaiah 40, 31, that says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so does waiting on God get hard? Uh, Yeah, y'all know from my journey, my husband and I have gone through the throes financially and I mean, it's there. The enemy has come in with so many attacks and he's tried to accuse me and be like, oh, well, this is your fault. Or, you know, if you had just done X, Y and Z, then you wouldn't be in this position. And God had already disciplined us for our finances. And now he just has us in the waiting room trying to reveal different things. And I was looking at my friend's uh, Allie's notes from a sermon she did earlier this year. And she was just saying, like, so many times we pray for particular things we pray for the promise of God but we don't want to receive the change or we don't want to implement the change that he requires to get that particular thing so she was given an example of Abraham and Sarah and how they didn't get their son Isaac until their names were changed to to from Abram and Sarai and 
she was talking about how like that represented this change in their character. And it's the same thing with you and me. A lot of times, for for example, with our finances, I was like, okay, Lord, we need financial increase. And he'd be like, no, girl, because if you get it today, you're going to blow it. And even though that was humiliating, as I look back over financial choices I've made, I'm just like, Lord, thank you for not giving me that particular thing. Because I'm in a stage now in my life where I want any blessing that God gives me to be lasting. And I don't want it to be like, okay, yes, you blessed me with this money, but now I blew it. And now I'm back here at, again at your feet. And I honestly think he's He's given me some tests and I failed them, unfortunately. But I have to, going back to what I was initially saying, I have to be patient and wait on him. And I can't just be like, okay, well, he's not answering fast enough. So let me go to this other thing. And that ties in with what I was going to segue into next, which is if the wisdom of these counterfeit sources is foolish, according to the word of God, then why do we fall into follow this following so easily uh first i believe it's because instead of being crafted into the image of god we're more attracted to god's created in our image image gods we can control and gods we can explain easily uh i remember a guest pastor said a couple weeks ago in a sermon that the minute we understand everything about god he stops being god and that ties back in with that simplicity like we want to be like, okay, you can tell me to do this, but you can't tell me to do this. And it ties in with what I was talking about, even with scripture, where we say, okay, the word says those who wait on the, uh, or the, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Cool. I'm cool with that part of the Bible. Oh, but you want me to give 10% of my income? Like I'm not doing that. And then all of a sudden, the entire Bible goes into questioning because we've seen a part of the Bible that we don't agree with or that we can't align with. And so we say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and look for a God that says I can keep all of my money. And no, you may not be looking at for a physical God, an idol, um, something that is erected and put on your mantle or something. But ultimately, when we're seeking, again, anything outside of God, then that's idolatry. The second reason why I feel like we um, choose the wisdom of these other things is that we may initially go to God for direction, but eventually we grow impatient and waiting. And I, that's what I was talking about earlier. Um, there is a scripture in the Bible. It's actually, actually out of Exodus 32. Uh, and it said, and Moses has gone up to Mount Sinai to meet with God and receive instruction on how he himself and the people of Israel should live. And he's going up there to like get wisdom from God, right? But the Israelites grow impatient. And so verse one says, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, come, make us a God who will go before us. Because the this Moses, the man who got, brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And I feel like we say the same thing about God. Like, okay, yeah, I was serving God, but he's grown, grown silent on my situation. I don't know what's happened to him. And so I'm going to create this other God. I'm going to go to, and y'all, even if it's not astrology and tarot cards and palm reading, we may say, I'm going to go to my spouse for direction. I'm going to let them decide what I should be doing. Or we go to ourselves and we say, you know what? I'm going to go based off of my personal experience. This is what has happened to me in the past. This is what I think is a 
good thing. And the Lord says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will show you which path to take. So you can't, you can't be the dictator of your own path because he only knows where you're going because he's the one who created you and he knows your destiny. But we have to, again, trust him and say, Lord, I trust that you're going to guide me. I trust that you're going to supply all my needs. And the devil would love for you to think that God has grown silent on your situation. But no matter what the external looks like, he is still active and he is still working. You just have to choose to believe. And that ties into the third reason that I feel like many of us go to these outside sources for wisdom. So we don't realize that there is a fight going on between light and darkness. And if we are not girded in the truth of God's word and spiritually aware of our enemy, then we could become susceptible to anything. Um, I love I've been pubbing for the book Armor of God by Priscilla Shire, the Bible study, because it just does a really good in-depth um study of spiritual warfare and there are so many books and resources that talk about spiritual warfare um, but you can talk just simply go back to what scripture says it says that our our fight is not against flesh and blood but against powers and cosmic powers and authorities in the heavenly realms and we think that everything that we encounter here on earth it's just here on earth, like everything that is physical is just, has just a physical meaning. We don't understand that there's a deeper rooted issue, a deeper rooted battle, a deeper rooted war that may be happening. And we have to take our roles as children of God, of God, as light bearers, as ambassadors of Christ, seriously. In the words of Joshua, as he said in Joshua 24, we must choose this day whom we will serve and we must choose to do so faithful, faithfully. Now, I say faithfully because the faithful part is key. If I'm faithful to my husband, Jordan, that means that I'm not flirting with anybody. Like, I'm not thinking about, okay, yeah, he's a great husband now, but like, I'm kind of side eyeing this other dude over here. I'm gonna have a little bit of this and I'm, I'm and you know, on the weekends, I'll hang out with G like he has my complete loyalty and that's how we have to be with God. We can't have a little of God and a little of everything else. We have to choose. We have to say, okay, Lord, you're the one who I'm serving. And the truth of the matter is our generation is dabbling in dangerous territory. Um, so many of us are like, how many, how often do you hear like, oh yeah, like I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And the, and the religious part has, has this negative connotation. And while I am, so here for like having a relationship with God versus religion because I have actually been guilty of choosing religion over relationship I also think that that can even be a, a, an attack of the enemy and getting you to think that you have just this higher way of thinking when in actuality you say you're spiritual and not religious because in your mind religion incorporates rules and you don't want to live by the rules of anybody. You want to do your own thing. And I'm, when I say you, I mean the collective you, cause I'm talking about myself as well that I'm just like, okay, Lord, I hear what you saying, but like, uh, I'm just going to do this part. It's like what I was talking about last week with the uh, vegan thing that I said, okay, God, I'm gonna be vegan, but I'm also going to have these cookies. God's like, okay, so you're not vegan. Then you, you're not a vegan. If you're eating dairy, and you're having eggs. 
because vegan is no animal products and both of those things come from animals and I'm like well lord it's fine like it's really cool like we don't have to do all that as people say all the time it doesn't take all that but it does for following Christ and Paul says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And, and scripture says, anyone who loses their life for my sake will find it. And we have to be willing to make that sacrifice every day. That was the scripture God gave me at the beginning of the year um, that was just talking about counting the cost of following him. And he said, you must lay down your life. You must take up your cross daily and follow me, which means that the flesh is going to do want to do one thing and you're going to have to choose to do the other thing. For example, your flesh may be fighting this entire podcast right now. Like you may be the flesh may be like, oh, no, like we can't really get into that. You know, I love my horoscope. I love my sign. I love the Lord, but I love like my sign that just provides me with so much identity. Or your flesh may say, well, she only named one scripture. And that's what we're supposed to be using for the basis of everything. And I guess God put you on my mind because he had me. Um. Just research specific scriptures about these particular things. So for people who are going to mediums or going to spirits of the dead to receive answers for questions that they have. Leviticus verses 20 verse 6 says, if any of you go for advice to people who consult the spirits of the dead, I will turn against you and will no longer consider you one of my people. Um, Leviticus 19.31 says, do not go to mediums or fortune tellers for advice. If you do, you will become unclean. I am the Lord your God. So that speaks against going to mediums, people who speak to the dead, and it speaks against going to fortune tellers. Um, in Galatians, it talks about not doing worshiping false gods, witchcraft, all of that. And that's in the New Testament for anybody who's like, oh, well, that was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it says the result of sin's control in our lives is clear. It includes sexual immorality, impurity, and wild living, worshiping false gods, doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry, being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions amongst people, having envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now, as I warned you before, those who do these things will not enter into the kingdom of God. Um, so those are just a few more scriptures that talk about those specific things. Uh, I think that I shared first John 4 and 1 to test every spirit. If you go to God and say, hey, Lord, I feel like this is OK. Is this OK to you? Like he will reveal that to you. Now, of course, you need to be in a position to hear from him. You have to be reading your word. You have to be praying to hear from him because it's kind of like putting your antennas up on your cable box. Like if your antennas aren't up, then you aren't going to hear anything. But going back to what I said in the scripture in Jeremiah, if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. I experienced that personally, even as I was looking to close the episode for today, uh, God said, I need you to look up one more thing. And so I ended up on this article and it said, um, what does the Bible say about those who consult with astrologers and use astrologers uh, for guide as guidance in their lives? Uh, in the Bible, in Isaiah 47, 13 through 15, it says, All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the fa- flame. Each of them goes on in his error. There is not one that can save you. 
And if you go to the Bible to see an, a specific example of of how, um, I guess, God, God made the wisdom of the astrologers and the diviners foolishness, you think of King Nebuchadnezzar, which they also talk about in this passage, and they talk about how um, there were men who the who the king would go to for direction like he'd be like okay if i if i'm going through this particular things i'm going to get this circle of wisdom the circle of wise guys to come and to give me the revelation that i need and so um king nebuchadnezzar asked the astrologers and other wizards to tell him his dream and interpret its meaning and daniel 2 and 10 says that they said the astrologers answered the king there's not a man on earth who can do what the king asks no king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. Um, this article says the, ar- the astrologers of Babylon were unable to help the king with his troublesome dream. However, God had blessed his prayerful prophet Daniel with the true gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he was brought before the king to interpret the dream. The Bible says in Daniel 2, 27 through 28, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. The the article says, with God's anointing, Daniel Daniel was able to then describe and explain the king's great prophetic dream. So if there's ever a need for you to understand something that's complicated or, um, as some people would say, perplexing, again, go do what the word says in James 1 and 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who will give it willingly and without reproach. Now, you may have to do a little waiting, but if you're waiting on the real thing, then I think that it's ultimately worth anything that you might be sacrificing. So, y'all, that is it for this week. Um, This was a a heavier hitter, but I just feel really excited and grateful um, to have finished this particular thing. Because as I shared before, I have really been struggling, but I believe that uh, God is going to do a new thing. I am praying for everyone who might be listening praying that God would reveal uh, the truth that you need. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about later on in this week is uh, truth versus the lie, which that one's we're going to also just be talking about the lies of the enemy, how he accuses us and tells us that we're not capable of particular things. Um, But before we end, I do want to um, pray for this series. Father God, right now we repent of looking to any source outside of you to provide us with the guidance, wisdom, comfort, or strength that we need. Lord, I ask that you would give us the discernment to do what your word says in 1 John 4 and 1, not to believe every spirit, but test every spirit to see if it is from God, so we do not fall victim to the enemy's schemes. Lord, right now I personally denounce all false practices and bind up any demonic fluences, demonic influences that I've knowingly or unknowingly invited in. I choose you as the one and only living God and ask for discernment to detect negative influences. Lord, I ask that you would help everyone listening to this podcast to be intentional about the company we keep. For your word says that bad company corrupts good morals, and we don't want anything holding us back from walking in our calling. Right now, we declare by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are taking back everything the enemy has taken away. We ask that you would help us to be united and not divided as we fight this battle with weapons that you have provided. Your word says in Ephesians 6 that we have the belt 
of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit that we can use to fight against the enemy. We activate all these pieces of the armor of God through praying and through praying daily. Help us to be light in dark places and choose not to be influenced, but to do the influencing. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review so that other people can find us easily. I also ask, again, as I did at the beginning of the episode, that you will join our Black Girls of Purpose community by going to blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join and follow us on Instagram at blackgirlswithpurpose. Um, That is all for this evening. I'll be posting another episode this week. But until then, I hope that you will share this episode, that you will follow us on Instagram, that you will join our email list, and that you you will pursue purposeful living. It's never that easy to choose purpose, but I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship. I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven. I'm trying to him say two words like, well.